This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. We're now moving through the final trading days of 2021. This is just three days away. Uh, you know, uh, of course, Friday, you know, Christmas is on Saturday this year. Friday is a holiday, and that's the 24th of Christmas Eve. But I also think tomorrow uh, half the traders are going to be going early, so I don't think you're going to have a lot of uh, volume in stock trading tomorrow. But that's okay. For the Friday holiday, we have uh, we have prepared a best of caller questions invest talk show for for you. Uh, so we will be on the air. The calendar will soon say 2022. My guess is that many of you, like me, probably be happy to see 2021 go by. There's a lot of things happening. Uh, you know, we all have to take steps and should take should get ready for the new year. I've talked about tax sauce selling and how to do that. And if you have a question on it, now's the time to ask because you don't have that many days left to take advantage of it before the new year. Now, of course, these are only tax law selling only is taxable accounts, not on your retirement accounts. Um, so time, time to, you know, take a look at your portfolio, make sure it's in shape the way you want it to for the end of the year, moving into the new year, okay? Now, I'm going to help you with that on this radio podcast, but you have to call. Give me a call. We'll, we'll talk about anything. I know you have specifically questions directed to your situation. So give me a call. I'll answer that. I really do enjoy answering your questions. And be assured that your questions will, you know, help many other people who are listening to the show. It's not it's not just you. It'll be other people, too. So on today's program and podcast, we will operate, as usual, with the same mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And we, we state that up front because we want to make sure you understand we're going to give you the facts as we have them. Uh, we're going to share all the information we have at our fingertips with you. Now, we're in a, it is a podcast and radio show, so I can't go into a lot of details, obviously, on each individual stock you call up. But I'll give you the basic figures and facts. It will be facts. Okay. So, and we'll do it without bias. I don't have a bias. I don't, we don't have a point of view we're trying to push. We just give you the facts. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you to contact me with your finance and investment questions. Yes, you get to change, shape the show in the direction you want it to go. It's up to you. In fact, you can call right now. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, so we're live right now. And if you can't call, you can call anytime and leave your question on our voice, you know, our voice bank question. And we will answer it on the next show as best we can. The number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question. Hi, Steve and Justin. I've been uh, listening for about eight months, and I've learned quite a bit. For that, I just want to say thank you. My question is, I'm looking at Lincoln Electric in Cleveland, Ohio, L-E-C-O, and I was just wondering what you really thought about it. If you could help me out a little bit, I'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, this is Lincoln Electric Holdings makes welding power 
source wire feeding systems for metal and fabrication and construction and other industries. Okay? So this company probably should do well with the infrastructure bill that they passed. Uh, how many, I don't know, trillion, two trillion, whatever trillions it was. So this this should benefit this industry. And sales of recent three quarters are growing nicely for this company. 8% three quarters ago, 40%, and down the most recent quarter, 21%. Before that, it was shrinking. Okay, It is an $8 billion company. So it's a mid-cap-sized company selling for $135 a share. And going to make $7.05 a share next year. That's up 14% from this year, $6.17, which is up 50% from last year. So looking pretty good. Not too much debt. Uh, the P is a little rich, but not uh, not to a point where you say with that growth rate not that you'll be too upset with it. I think it's fine. Uh, return on equity is 31%, which is very good. Mutual funds uh, have about 47% of the company, and they've been slowly buying over the last year. So I think it's a good, solid company to own, it looks like, from the numbers I see. And uh, a good place to buy it is between 121 and 125 somewhere in there, if it gets down to that point. Looks like it's finding support right where it is, though. You might want to pick up a little here and then more if it gets down to the other support numbers. Okay, that's a symbol, L-E-C-O, Lincoln Electric Holdings, okay? Uh, let's see, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278 is our number. Uh, give me a call. We'll talk about anything you want. The market was up today. The Dow was up 261 points. The Nasdaq up 181, and the S&P up 47. So it had a follow-on day to, to a very strong yesterday but the day before was very weak so i mean we just made up we just made up for that that weakness so the week or the week we're kind of flat maybe a little bit positive so the next uh, tomorrow's thursday last day of the trading week so that'll tell us what direction we really are going for the week um, i want to talk about consumer confidence numbers it rose pretty significantly if we, before the end of the show also, existing home uh, sales, that came out all as well. And uh, um, I want to talk about the White House chastising the oil industry and now calls for more drilling. Seems that they're a little mixed up there. I just think we should explore that, how that's going to affect that oil industry. Okay, forget about the politics. I'm more interested in how it's going to affect our, our investments or what the, what the, the changing of you know, clean energy to now they want you to drill more from drill more. So the oil companies are kind of caught, but we'll talk about that. Um, and about the, I want to talk about the ports, the L.A., Orange County ports and other ports. They're still backed up. But I want to talk about those. Those are the things I want to touch base with today if we can before the end of the day. Okay? So, um Let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, there it is. Um, my focus point today also is the SEC cracks down on SPAC claims. SPAC, Special Purpose Acquisition Companies. That's what that stands for. And, you know, we had a flurry of them, and they seem to have some problems. I know people, you people were calling me about these, and, I, you know, 
I, I know several of them that say, well, they, they don't have any sales. They have no earnings. Why would you buy it? So, well, we'll talk about that. That's that's kind of an interesting subject. And the SEC fined one of them $125 million, and then Nicola. I know people call me up, oh, I want to buy Nicola. No. <laughs> so my trivia question today is focused on the amazing history of Christmas. You know how long it's been around? Do you? You think you know. Christmas. I'm talking about celebrating the Christmas day. How long has that been around? Celebrating that day, the 25th of December. Now, of course, we all know when Christ was born. I'm not talking about that. When do we start celebrating Christmas? We're moving to a break. I'm here to take any of any and all of your live calls. So this is how you shape the show. You tell me what you want to talk about, and we'll talk about it. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Best Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about P.E. ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. No question is too simple. Wanted to ask about Teladoc. And each question is an important part of the podcast. My wife has a rollover for 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. Steve and Justin are fearless. That's fairly inexpensive for this kind of explosive growth. The problem here is that you're picking a leveraged ETF. Tell your friends and family members about Talk. You've been instrumental in my understanding how this market works. Don't forget to call Talk. 888-99-CHART. New Year's Eve will be here soon. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk 99 chart Hey, Steve and Justin. Remember a few months back, Steve made a comment on reinvesting dividends and mentioned how he thought it might be best to not reinvest those in the same company just because it might not be good buy at that time. Wanted to see if there were times when it would be appropriate to do so, or if you feel like still the same to not reinvest in that company. Just curious, because I currently am reinvesting some of mine back into the company, and just want to know what you guys think. Thanks. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to say it's a terrible idea. It's not. It's not. But I worry about getting overinvested in any one company and being dominant in your portfolio. But it's not a bad idea to reinvest in a good, solid company, especially the dividends, because that, that means you'll get more income from the dividends because you're investing more in the stock. But, you know, the best time to do it is when the stock market is down. You know, that's when you really want to be able to take advantage of low stock prices. You know, and you can do that and you get more stock. You, know, you don't want to do it when the market's high. I mean... Uh, you, you would want to do it less. I don't say you don't want to do it. So I don't want you to take away the impression that I think it's a terrible idea. I just think, you know, I like I like taking that money and investing in other ideas. But not, you know, that's not for everybody. Some people only want to do, you know. I know Warren Buffett, you know, will reinvest his dividends. So if he does it, 
you know, doesn't always do it, but I know he's done it in the past. Okay, let's go to my focus points. Based on the story behind the headline, the SEC cracks down on SPAC claims. Okay, so let's, you know, a SPAC. Okay, a SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company. It's a company formed with nothing in it. There's nothing in it, and they then make you know, they it's formed and it's publicly traded, and then they come out with the idea, and then they, the idea is, okay, well, we're going to do this with this Company. This company is going to be in that. This was popular for a bunch of uh, new electric vehicle companies. And Nikola, Nikola was one of the biggest ones. It went, I mean, it started trading, got as high as $100. Well, they had to pay a $125 million fine because of the lies they told. And uh, they are under investigation. The, the founder and so on. And, uh, so they got in big, big trouble. So that stock got up to 100 and something dollars a share when this story stock came out. They, had, they didn't even make one car. They haven't made a car, sold a car at all, and the stock price got up to $100 a share. And it was a higher market cap than Ford. And they haven't sold a car. Guess where the stock is now? About nine dollars. Maybe it should be less than nine dollars. Are they sold a car yet? I don't know. I haven't looked. So there are like four other of these EV SPAC companies under investigation. You know, remember, remember my rule. My rule: buy companies that make money. It's pretty simple. None of these companies are making any money. Will you miss out on some great moves? Yeah. But you'll at least know you bought a company that makes money, and it's going to be around for a while as long as it makes money. So, you know, I need you to be more cognizant of what you're buying. Don't buy just the latest craze. I mean, come on. $100 a share. They haven't made a car, uh, one car, not sold one car. They haven't made one. And the market cap briefly was higher than the Ford Motor Corporation. That's ridiculous. On its surface, you should say something's wrong with this. And there was something wrong with it. It's too good to be true? It is too good to be true. If it sounds like it, it is. Okay? So just be careful. We're heading to a break here, but I'm here and very happy to tackle your financial investment questions. You can give them to me anytime you want. Our number is 888-99-CHART. That's 888-992-992. Four two seven eight. We'll be right back. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. Uh, I think there is likely a pullback here. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Counting down the days. 
first Christmas and then New Year's. You may have completed your gift shopping, but you might still have unanswered finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty and ready to provide their unbiased answers. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, Jennifer left me an email question. My question is regarding a wash sale. If I sell an individual stock at a loss and then purchase within 30 days an ETF which includes that stock as one of its holdings, will I still be able to claim the loss on my taxes or will it count as a wash sale? Thank you for your podcast. I listen every day. And yes, you would. Yeah, it's only because it's an ETF and not the individual stock that you you know, sold to, to take the loss. So you can sell that, take that loss, and buy the ETF that owns that stock inside it, or the index. You know, index, uh, S&P 500 has 500 stocks in it. So you can sell a stock and buy the index, and it would not affect your loss, okay? So you can sell a stock and buy a stock in the exact same industry, almost it, uh, as identical as you can get it. It's still, you still would get the the loss, the, you know, because you sold it at a loss. You still get that capital loss. So it's only you cannot buy the exact same uh, uh, equity back within 30 days. If you do that, then you wa- it's called a wash sale, and you don't get the tax write-off, the capital loss. Okay? But that was a good question. Appreciate that. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That is the number. So let's go back to Invoice Bank for another listener question, 888-99-CHART. Hello, my name is Dwayne from Plano, Texas. I'd like to ask you about the exporting of LNG. I'm hearing it's going to be a big boom in the next 10 to 20 years. And what stocks, natural gas stocks, will benefit from that? Thank you very much. Bye. I think it's going to be a big boom because Europe... Think about what's happening now. If you've been paying attention, Russia has shut off all natural gas to Western Europe, saying that you know they don't have long-term contracts or that they're using the natural gas or it's going somewhere else. But it's been being apparently being used as a political weapon, and Europe doesn't want to be held hostage to Russia's natural gas. So how do you, how do they do that? How do they not become well? LNG from us is a, is the answer. So we are building terminals. And we already have one at least, and maybe two. I don't know exactly how many, but we're building them to ship the liquefied natural gas LNG, liquefied natural gas, to Europe. And I think that's going to be a a bigger and bigger uh, booming business. Can will I give you or can I give you the stocks involved? The answer is no. Uh, the SEC does not allow me just to blurt out stocks and say, this, buy this, sell that. You notice I don't do that. I do answer questions on stocks you ask me about. You have to come up with a stock, though. I can't give it to you. Okay? Um, the SEC has a rule that you have to, quote, unquote, know your customer. And, of course, anybody listening to the air here, I don't know if you're my customer or not. Now, it's over the airways or over the Internet. And therefore, I don't fit that rule applies. And so I can't give out stock ideas and tell you when to buy and sell stocks that I think are good. But I can answer your question about a stock. Okay? 888-99-CHARTER is the number, everybody. Okay. 
consumer confidence number rose to 115.8 from 111.9. Now, 111.9 is not bad. That was last month. So November, it's 115.9. Went up. So what is what is the consumer confidence report? What is that? Well, the Confidence Board produces it. It's a survey, a monthly survey on consumers' attitudes, buying intentions, uh, vacation plans, consumer expectations the, uh, for inflation, stock prices and interest rates. They ask all these questions in the survey, and of course it's the same questions every time, and they get responses, and that's how they how then they compile the the numbers, okay? Of how they do that exactly, I don't know. But it comes out uh, by age group, and by nine regions and eight states. So it's it's divided by over the, across the country. Okay. Um, at the same time, which no one really talks about, they come out with a, uh, a preset situation index. Uh, a expectations index. So they come out with different things, different reports. But the consumer confidence report is the one that we report on a most, and they report, and I tell you about them. I'm not keen on the consumer confidence. I'm really not, because people are fickle. They change their mind quickly. Something happens, and they say, oh, I'm not going to go on vacation now because something happened. Or, for instance, this COVID uh, new variant, you know, the Omicron variant. People are, you know, may cancel their plans because of that. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's fickle. Okay? Well, the Christmas holiday will be here on Saturday, everybody. Christmas today is celebrated around the world in almost every country and culture. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Looking back in time, I mean way back... In which year was Christmas first celebrated on December 25th? And which U.S. state was the first to declare Christmas as a legal holiday? At the break, I'll supply the answer. For now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to call with your investment questions. 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication, 
and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Before the break, I asked a, tri- asked a trivia question. Looking back in time, way back, in what year, <clears throat> what year was Christmas first celebrated on December 25th? And what U.S. state was the first to declare Christmas a legal holiday? Okay, the first recorded date of Christmas being celebrated on December 25th was in the year of 336. Year 336, during the time of the Roman Empire, Emperor Constantine. He was the first Christian Roman emperor. Now, all these years later, 2019, U.S. households spend about $1,496 during the Christmas holidays. Only about a third of that figure represents the average amount spent on Christmas gifts. Okay, or gift cards. Here are some uh, in- interesting modern history facts about Christmas. A week before Christmas in 1834, the English writer Charles Dickens published uh, uh, published the novella, A Christmas Carol, in which he wrote that Scrooge required uh, Cratchit to work and that the U.S. Congress met on Christmas Day. Did you know that? Okay. Um, in fact, the story was popular was so popular that churches and governments could no longer ignore the importance of Christmas celebrations. England was the country that saw the first Christmas card around 1870. In the United States, Alabama became the first state in the U.S. to declare Christmas a legal holiday, and that was in 1836. The last state in 1907 was Oklahoma which surprises me. Oklahoma was the last state to declare um, Christmas as a legal holiday. So, I certainly hope you finished all your gift shopping. I know I am. Of course, I didn't have to... Since I don't have any kids, I don't have a lot of gift shopping to do, but I do have lots and lots of nieces and nephews, but I don't buy for all of them. I do not. Many of them are adults anyways. 
This is Invest Talk, and I thank you for listening, everybody. Let's swing back to the voice bank to the question which came in earlier. Hi, fellas. I have a question for you uh, regarding Aero Electronics. Its uh, symbol is ARW. I think it looks really good, a good value play. I was wondering what you think of it and what you think might be a good buy-in point. I'm definitely looking at buying it, possibly. Uh, right now, it's kind of hovering around the 20-day, the and uh, just wondering if uh, you guys uh, have an opinion on that. Thanks a lot. Bye. Okay, so it's uh, Aero Electronics, Inc., ARW, distributes electric electronic components and enterprise computer systems to industrial and commercial markets. Okay, they made $7.75 in 2020. At this year, they're going to make $14.64, and next year, $15.99 a share. That's the estimates. It's a $127 stock. So if we take $127 and divide it by next year's earnings estimate, you get a PE of 7.9, so about an 8 PE. Now, is that cheap? Well, in our world, you know, in the world of investment of the whole stock market, yeah, that's cheap. How about for this company? Well, this company's five-year P.E. range is from 6 to 13, not very wide. And this one is at 8. So it is at the lower end of its range. So uh, I think it's fine, you know, as far as a value play, that looks pretty good. And sales are increasing, 18% in the most recent quarter. Quarter before that was 30, quarter before that was 31. And I kind of like the area that they're in. They're going to repurchase about $600 million worth of common stock. Uh, so that was this year, though. So I don't know how much that's affecting this, the stock price. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds are that's just slowly buying it. So it's a good, solid company and not it's pretty well pretty underpriced so i think you're okay 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 this is the best talk i thank you for listening everybody let's we, we already swung back to a voice book maybe a voice bank, bank question but maybe we'll have another when possible i'd like to play two questions in a row so i do it here it is here's another question 888-99 chart hey steve justin this is vince from orlando just wanted to get some more information on hsa health savings accounts someone told me it was like one of the only ways to have tax-free money i understand that you can input up to a certain amount per year and then you take the money out to use it on medical expenses it's still tax-free so i had a question if you get to the end of the road say you're age 65 70 you got a million plus in your HSA, and you realize, like, all right, I'm not going to use this money for health stuff. Say you want to pull some of that money out and buy a car or whatever you have. Do you get taxed on it then? How does it work? Say you, you have to provide backup as evidence, like, hey, I purchased some health care or I had a health medical expense and I needed to use this money. Just want some more information on HSAs if you can provide that. Thanks. Now, I do know that as you get old and you have more in HSA that you're probably going to need or use, that you can do something with it. But this is not my area of expertise. Uh, it, it's just not. Uh, you're going to have to talk to an accountant about what happens. You know, just for everybody else, an HSA, health savings account, is money you can put into it today, and that money you put into it is taken off your adjusted gross income. And I think it's five thousand a year, you know, and, and 
$1,000 catch-up if you're over 50, something like that. I, I don't deal with them, so I don't have a lot of information on them. But, you know, the tax benefit is great. And then you can take the money in your HS, you can invest it any way you want to. You can invest it. But that money is supposed to designated to pay health expenses that's not covered by insurance that you come that you know you incur incurred along the way. You can use that money to pay expenses, health expenses, health care, doctor's appointments, co-pays, whatever it is, deductibles in, in your health care stuff. That's what that money is for. Now, what you can do with it is you can invest it. What you can do is when you're older, can you take it out and do something else with it? There are rules that allow something, but I don't remember what they are. What they are. Okay, it's a good idea, as you know, to to do to open up an HSA because you can put away money tax free, and you can grow it tax free as long as you spend it all on healthcare. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. The sixty home sales were up one point nine percent month over month for November. Uh, that's six hundred forty six million. Okay, so if you've been paying attention, home sales and existing home sales, new home sales, uh, new contracts, permits, all these things in a recent couple of weeks look pretty good still. Still, now interest rates, mortgage rates are still very low, so we're not seeing a really detrimental impact. But I did have a, a family dinner, and most of my family here in Southern California, uh, on my wife's side, are in real estate or real estate appraisers, and they have told me that the market has softened up, but prices are still pretty, pretty stable here. They, well, how they know is because they're getting less business meaning they're less refinance and less new sales. But the prices are still pretty good. So I think I think the real estate market is going to stay okay. It's not going to be as vibrant as it was last year, but I think it's going to be it's going to hold up well. As long as mortgage rates stay low, I think you're you're going to still have a decent a decent housing market. Okay? I think it's worth a minute or two to, uh, to take uh, to talk about um, the benefits of our firm, Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley. Uh, and so I do that most days. We're based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County between L.A. and San Diego County, Southern California. Um, let me remind you that here at Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So what does that mean? Well, we practice something called parallel investing, meaning I buy the same stocks for myself, same price, same time, same percentages as I do for my clients in the five different programs that we, we have. I'm in all five of them with my money. So um, we try to we, we ha- provide unbiased guidance. We don't have any, any uh, loyalty to any you know, large firms or other or companies or anything like that. So we, we're totally independent. And we make our own decisions. We buy data, and we analyze the, analyze the data. That I, we do do. So I encourage you to take advantage of our free portfolio review assessment. You can do it through telephone, Skype, or go to meetings. Send us a message through investtalk.com. 
or you can call our KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California. And after speaking with me or Justin, you'll find that you know within a few minutes, we are we we are a little bit different. We do not try to talk people into anything. And there certainly is no obligation. Never is. So we'll try to help you. We want to help you. So let us help you. We will do it. Okay. 888-99-CHART. We're going to talk to Gene in North Carolina. Gene. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I wanted to follow up with you about the the, the previous question about the HSA. I've sure. I've in some gaps. Sure. So I've had HSA for many years now. What happens after the age of 60, at the age of 65, you know, after that, right. you no longer can contribute. If you have any balance in your existing HSA account, you have two options in general. You can still pay for previous or future medical expenses, and that's completely tax-free withdrawal. You need to okay. save the receipts. But if you decide to, uh, as the previous caller said, to use it to buy a car or something, since the money was um, tax-deductible in the year you made your contribution, it's treated as a tax-deductible, uh, like an IRA. So you wouldn't be taxed, but no penalty. Okay. So it's added to your adjusted gross income when you take it out to spend it on anything other than medical. Right. Just like if you withdrew money at the age of 59 and a half or over uh, if you took money out of a retirement account. There is one added benefit is that there's no required minimum distribution. So you can keep the money building and building in HSA as long as you want. And at the very end, if you want to, you could take it out. But you'd be taxed, but no penalty. So there's no rule, let's say you turn 80 years old or something, that, okay, can I use it now for, and be tax-free? It always will be taxable. I use it for anything other than medical? Always. Yeah, it'll be taxed just like you at, at age 80 if you an IRA, IRA, IRA. from an IRA. Okay. Good good information. I appreciate you calling. Thank you, Gene. Really, thank sure, you. Sure, you're welcome. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Justin and I thank you for downloading our podcast and telling your friends about us. We really do a pleasure. We're going to play another question call, caller question right now. Hi, I'm calling from New Jersey. I was just calling about Big B-I-G. I know you guys recommended it a while back, and since then it's gone down almost 13%. I was wondering if to keep adding, or is this one that you should get rid of? Thank you for your help. Okay, this Big, Big Lots, operates 1,408 discount stores in 47 states offering brand and non-brand closeouts and other value price goods. They're going to make $5.83 this year and then $5.78 next year, and it's a $43 stock. So it tells you it's about an 8 PE. The range is 3 to 16, so it's kind of in the middle of the range. They have great return on equity, 27%. Huge cash flow, $11.99 a share. They pay 2.8% dividend. Um Sales have been a little bit weak in the first recent two quarters because they compare there with the COVID quarter years, which you know were really strong. So I think it, I think it's a good value play, and yeah, I wouldn't sell it at this price. I mean, it was almost seventy dollars a share. Seventy three twenty three was its highest price or so, and that was back in June. And today is at 43. So we think it's a good value at this at these prices. 41 to 43 is a good buy points, as far as I'm concerned. That's where you buy it. Okay? So yeah, I like B.I.G., big lots at this price. 
Okay, let's squeeze one more caller question in. 888-99-CHART. This is Brandon in D.C. Just had a question looking at the cloud computing stocks. What do you think of MongoDB, ticker MDB? I'll listen on the pod. Thanks. Okay, MDB. MD is a dog, B is a boy. Mongob, Mongob, Inc. Uh, uh, it's a $36 billion company. I've never heard of it. That's amazing. That's unusual. Computer software database industry. Develops and sells subscriptions to, mo- to modern general purpose database platforms. One of the reasons why I haven't heard of it because it never comes up on my screen is because it doesn't make money. How can it be a $36 billion company and never made money? Never. They're going to lose $0.72 cents a share this year, $0.48 cents a share last year. They lost $0.99 cents a share and $0.42, $0.48 cents next year. Last year, they lost $99, dollar $1.70, $1.40. I mean, for, for as far back as it existed. Sales are increasing dramatically. So they should make money sometime because they have the sales. But the sales are only $226 million a quarter. That's the high quarter. That's the highest quarter they had, the most recent quarter. And that's, you know, a billion dollars a year, and it's a $35 billion company and can't make money? Uh, not for me. It's not for me. I don't buy companies like this that don't make money. Someday I'll make money, probably. It's got the sales, but not for me. This is Invest.com. Steve Peace, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now. This is a great time to do it. 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. You may have completed your gift shopping, but you might still have unanswered finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are on duty and ready to provide their unbiased answers. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. I'm Chris in Chicago. I I love your podcast, it's great. I'm a, a value investor to the core. And uh, over the last couple months, I've been buying Boeing and Citibank. Uh, it's not working out very good so far, but I believe next year could be much improved. Is there value here, or am I wrong? Thanks, guys. Okay, well, Citigroup, uh, let's take a quick look at them. Yes, Citigroup, they're going to make $10.48 this year. And then 794 next year, but that that this year 1048 is kind of an outlier. So 784 is what you would use, and it's a 59 dollars stock. So it's what an eight eight PE. Okay, well the five year range is five to 14. So return on equity is a little weak at eight percent, six percent. I mean, and there's not much growth in Citigroup. You're going to expect it. But yeah, I wouldn't. You know, it's it's a it's a value play. Um, on Boeing, I'm not a big person on airline industry. I'm, that's not my favorite industry because it's so volatile. 
It's two hundred one dollars stock, and they're gonna make four dollars sixty two cents. I don't. There's not much value there. Never. There, there's just not. Now, two thousand eighteen, they made sixteen dollars a share. Okay, and then two thousand nineteen, COVID hit. They lost three dollars and fifty cents. Two thousand twenty, they lost twenty three dollars a share. Two thousand twenty one, they lost a dollar seventy five. And next year, they're gonna make four sixty two. But it's a two hundred dollars stock. That's not value. That's not value. And they have negative cash flow of $18.83. So, uh, not, not, yes, on Citigroup, but no on Boeing. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, ports are still backed up, at least here in L.A. and Orange County. They are really still backed up. Um, uh, the, 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 they're going 24-7 these days. I mean, they're constantly operating, going. You know, they have they have record numbers of containers, record numbers and record numbers of ships backed up, but the, but it is getting a little bit better. It's it's not getting worse because for months and months it was just getting worse every month, every month. We're into holiday season, so you know, of course, everybody's trying to get all their products here to, out to the United States, shipped into here, and they're trying to get it out. And that just makes the whole situation worse. But see, after the holidays, that pressure will be off, okay? There'll still be a lot of pressure from backlog, but the pressure of new things coming in will be off somewhat. So we still they will return to normal sometime in the future, but it won't be probably maybe till the end of next year. It's going to take that long, I think. It's just going to take that long. You know, um... There's not much you can do about it. There's not much anybody can do about it. I mean, we're, they're just stacking up containers. They got trucks going 24/7. They got tr- uh, trains going, and they just can't. They just can't get the backlog out. Just can't. Not not working very good. White House chastises the oil industry and calls for more drilling to reduce gasoline costs. Now, wasn't that the same White House that, that uh, shut down that pipeline from Canada and stopped all drilling and all government-owned lands and told all the oil companies that they're, you know, we're moving away from oil and going to clean energy? So the oil companies reacted by cutting down their, their outlays, their capital expenditures, because so negative, the, 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 the administration is so negative on the oil industry. Now the oil prices and gasoline prices are sky high. They want them to reverse direction. Well, I, I'll tell you this. Big corporations can't do that that fast. They can't turn on a dime. They plan out what they're going to do. So don't expect oil prices. Don't expect oil prices to go down anytime soon. Just not going to happen. Um, but I, I just see that oil prices are going to be very volatile over the coming years. It's going to be very volatile. I think we just got to get used to it. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investor program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us, about the free podcast downloads. You can get yours anytime you want from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and we would appreciate you review and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for that. If you do it, I'd be happy, be happy to answer your question right away if you have one on the air. Okay? I'll return if I'll return after Christmas.
Christmas, everybody. So enjoy your holiday. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.